Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. If that's not a good representation of every father in the world, I don't know what is. Well, again, man, we're so glad you guys are all here with us this Father's Day. And today's a special day, obviously, where we recognize uh, the fathers in our lives that have done something uh, for each and every one of us. And I know we're all from different backgrounds. Some of us were raised with fathers, without fathers. Some of us are fathers and learning how to do that for the first time. Some of us are single mothers in the room, and we, we are just all trying to do the same thing, and that's learn how to grow closer to God. And today we're going to spend some time with uh, a panel of dads from NCC to help us all grow uh, a little bit closer to God, to get a little bit of insight on some of the things that we've done that are wrong, some of the things that we've done that we feel like, man, this is how we've helped our family grow closer to God. So if you guys would help me by giving a huge round of applause to our panel of dads this morning as they come on out. Come on, dads. As they make their way out, let me go ahead and throw out another dad joke to you. Why do chicken coops only have two doors? Because if they had four, they'd be a chicken sedan. <laughs> oh, gosh. So we're going to kick this off right here with our awesome dads. Welcome, guys. How y'all doing? Good, good. Looking sharp. Um, let's go ahead and start off. We'll start here. Uh, if you would just tell everybody your name, how many kids you have, and what you do uh, professionally. Just give it, a, give it a chance. Go ahead and talk into it. All right, so uh, what's your question? Yeah, what's your name? We start easy. All right, so for everyone, uh, my name uh, is Peter Romero. And uh, my profession, uh, y'all don't already know, I'm an active duty soldier. Yeah. And how many kids do you have? And uh, we have five kids. Two girls and three boys. Fifteen, all the way down to four. My name is Jason Abney, and I'm uh, here this morning with my lovely wife, Susanna Abney. Uh, we have, let's see, three kids, one on the way, and actually my son that I have raised, he's here with his lovely wife today as well, and uh, we just uh, love the Lord. My name is Brandon Wallace. I'm one of the pastors on staff with the homeless ministry in Dallas. My wife, lovely wife, Zanna, we have two boys, Emmett and Ezra. Awesome. So we'll start off with an easy question for you guys, because I know we all have these moments, uh, but what would be your most embarrassing dad moment? Whoever wants to kick us off. I went first, man. All right, all right. My turn. So just to be honest, I, I think a lot of dads can relate that it's kind of hard to have embarrassing moments. I, I don't get, we don't get embarrassed too often, you know, by a lot of the things that happen, but, um, one of the stories that, that I that I remember was um, first child. You're learning how to to potty train your child, right? You're going through the motions. You know they put their hands in places they shouldn't be put, and playing with stuff poop that they're not supposed to be playing with, right? And um, I don't know why I I, I thought of uh, well, you know let's let's let baby Emma know that poop smells bad and stop playing with it. So I would 
change the diaper, and I'm like, bring the diaper up to her nose and smell this, you know? Like, she'd be like, ooh. I'm like, yeah, it smells nasty, right? So it's like, you just need poo poo cup in your diaper. Don't do that, right? So we, we went to some store, I don't remember where, to the restroom, right? And um, somebody was in the restroom in the stall, you know, doing the number two. And you could hear some noises, right? And her little two-year-old body looks under the door and goes, ew, you're nasty, you're caca. And I was like, stop doing that. But that was pretty embarrassing because just the whole story behind it. Well, mine is just more of a, I guess, a, a disclaimer uh, for my wife. You know, I have absolutely no fashion sense whatsoever. Um, any place I take my kids, they look a mess half the time, and uh, especially my daughter. You know, I mean, my wife's the fashionista of, of the family, and she's always making sure our daughter looks great and just beautiful and dressed up and everything. And if she's gone and I have to meet her someplace, and she's like, "Get the kids ready." You know, now she has to go step by step with me with my daughter. You know, you make sure she has this on, you know, her bra and all the different things that she needs for her attire. Because if not, you know, I mean, I'll just put her in anything. I'll just, yeah, that looks fine. You know, just dirty mud everywhere, whatever, you know. And, and so if you guys see my kids running around here looking a mess anytime, just know it's my fault, okay? It's not my wife's fault. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's pretty much how I embarrass myself. Yeah, that, that would be me too. Uh, but ours happened at a restaurant. My wife and I, we uh, we love sushi, and so uh, we we decided that we were going to start early grooming our boys to to love sushi. So we started going to uh, sushi restaurants, and uh, and this was when Emmett was about four or five, and, and Ezra was still still an infant. We had been a couple of times, and, and Emmett loved it, but you know every time we would go. He would, he would ask, he would see the wasabi, and he would say, is that guacamole? We're like, no, that is not guacamole. Whatever you do, do not touch it. Don't put it in your mouth. It's just for mommy and daddy. So we, this was maybe the third or fourth time we went to the same restaurant. It was one of those that was a single room place, so uh, everybody could see you know, what was going on. Zanna had gotten up and I think went to the restroom and I was there with the boys and we had already finished up eating but the wasabi was still there. And I literally, I just, I turned back to look at something and I turned back around and I noticed that the whole tray of wasabi was gone. And then I looked up at Emmett and his eyes were watering, they were starting to stick out and he just like laid back in his chair and just started screaming as loud as he could. And so I'm giving him water, I'm tearing, you know, open the sugar packets, and I'm dumping sugar in his mouth. All of this happening uh, with everyone looking on. Uh, but, you know, we got him calmed down, and, and by the time Zanna got back, she was like, what happened? I was like, you have no idea. Oh, man, that's great. Okay, so um, we've got, obviously, a lot of different people in the room today. Uh, we said there's dads, there's single moms, there's uh, double all kinds of different situations for people growing up, but what would be one of the best tips you could give or um, pieces of advice you would say for that person to be the spiritual leader in the house, whether that's the dad or the single parent, even grandparents in the room? Uh, what is the best tip you could give about being spiritual leader in the household? You know, there's so many things, but uh, I mentioned last service. I think one of the the, the big principles for for me, and, and one that I have to keep reminding myself of, 
is that I think our our kids need to see our faith and our trust in in God uh, while we you know still have questions and we don't know everything. Uh, I think sometimes we can fall into the trap of thinking that the only way we can really disciple our kids and really be spiritual is if we always have the right answers, we know all the Bible answers, we know all the, the answers to life, and we know that our kids are really good at you know, asking us the, the, the questions that we can't answer, and we know that they're coming, and so sometimes we can feel like, what, you know, what can I offer them? You know, I just might as well not even try because you know, they're going to they're gonna ask me a question I don't know. But I think it, it, it's important for them to just see that our faith is not is not rooted in always knowing all the right answers, but it's it's rooted in in God's love and in what Christ has done for us. And, he, and even if we can't answer all the, the tough questions, we can still you know demonstrate that authenticity and uh, you know and love for God while we while we while we still don't know everything. You know I. Um... We were praying here this morning, and um, and Jason, you know, really just brought up uh, something that that took me back uh, to a place. You know, when I was growing up, I I never had a father that was that was uh, that was good to me in any way whatsoever, as far as being a spiritual leader in our home and 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 led, led us and uh, guided us in spiritual truths or anything like that. And and we were talking about this morning uh, just being that expressed image of God. You know, and, and, and of course we know the scripture, you know, that it's in the Bible where Jesus was speaking to the disciples and he said, you know, the disciples wanted to, you know, they said, show us the father. And, and Jesus said, well, if you've seen me, then you've seen the father. And, you know, my, it just, you know, it, it just took me back again to that place where, you know, my father was never that expressed image of God. And today I endeavor to, to make sure that my kids know what the father looks like as best as possible. Again, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the word. I, I blow it all the time, you know, uh, but the thing, the important thing is, is, is getting back up again and always, always expressing, you know, the, the fact that no matter what we do, you know, we, we continue to just to be who he is and everything that the word says that he is uh, to the best of our ability, you know, and, and uh, I think that that's so important that our kids see that. Because again, for them to understand who their heavenly father is, they have to understand, you know, that through their earthly fathers. All right, so one of the best tips that I can give dads on being spiritual leaders in their household. Um, well, first off, you know, you have to want to be that spiritual leader in your household. You know, once you start thinking about that, well, what does that look like? You know, seeking, you gotta seek through the word of God, like, what is my responsibility? You know, it's once you start not just going off the world standard of responsibility and just be a provider. No, you have to when you once you start seeking and you know, you gotta take ownership and and lead your family. You know, you have to be the one that actually whoever you are, you might be a mother or single mother in that position, but you take ownership of that responsibility and you're intentional about it. because um, if you don't raise your family, if you don't lead them, Someone or something in the world is going to do it for you. Okay, so Yeah, that's really good. So those are all um, Kind of big concepts and big ideas of hey be be Christ to them in the flesh and make sure you take ownership So what are some specific ways or maybe some disciplines that you guys have put into place in your family to help be that spiritual leader and to help grow your your family? 
Right, so some of the disciplines, I mean, there's a couple, but the first one is as a dad, you know, you have to, you have to lead by example. Whatever it is, I mean, if, if you're gonna expect them to serve and do things for other people, you have to be willing to do the same thing. You know, and, and so that's one of the things, you have to have that servant leadership. Um, whether you're a father or mother, it doesn't matter who you are, everyone can do that. And being that, that example right there, I mean, to me that's, you have to lead the way. Um, and being intentional with making the time to read, you know, um, the one-year Bible, even as it might take you 15 minutes, no big deal for a kid, that's, that's a lot of time. But it means a lot. You have to be intentional with the things you do. And I mean, like I said, don't just talk about it, be about it. And you know, we're, uh, I mean, the Bible's very, very clear, you know, about our responsibility as parents to teach our children, you know, to teach them you know, when they, when they rise in the morning, when they go to bed at night, you know, teach them as, as going along the way and all these different things. And, and my wife and I, we just, we endeavor to, you know, to have what's called story time. Um, you know, every night at about eight o'clock, you know, everything gets shut down and we bring the kids into the living room and, you know, we open the word of God and we, you know, we, we go from, you know, from Genesis to Revelation. And, you know, wherever we're at in the Word, you know, we're challenging them, you know, with, with questions and, and challenging them to ask us questions and explaining things and breaking things down so that they can understand and see and know that, you know, that if they hide God's Word in their heart, as the Word says, that, you know, that it doesn't matter which way they go. You know, it says train up a child in the way they should go and when he is old it will not depart from him or them. And, and we feel like no matter what, as long as we're doing our part as parents, by sowing the word of God into their hearts, by teaching them that, you know, they may go astray at some point in time in their life, but there will always be uh, that, that seed of God's word that's been planted in their heart, you know, and, and it will not, it will not ever return void, God's word says, and that it will produce fruit in their lives. And, and knowing that, that we're teaching them those things, those are our responsibility. You know, we're not responsible for their, for their, for their actions. We're not responsible for their decisions that they make later on in life, but we are responsible for teaching them right now the principles and the way in which they should go in life. And, and God says, you know, that that choose blessings in life, you know, choose those things that, that lead to life. And 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 that's what we that's what we teach our kids, you know, and in teaching them to pray as well. We think that's I mean, that's that's paramount with us is. Is, is allowing them to understand that they can talk to their Heavenly Father just as He's a person right in front of them. So, Yeah, I, I would agree with all of that. You know, you talk about leading by example, serving, you know, with your children, reading with your children, all of that. Um, the question for, for us is, is also, you know, how do you really make time to do that and communicate to your kids that, you know, that God should be first in their lives? And I think it's important to, uh, you know, to kind of really look at your season of life and say, well, what activities do we need to hold off on? You know, uh, maybe not allow our kids, you know, to be involved in this because, you know, we also have church and we have other things that we have to do. And, and you know, we only have 24 hours in a day. It's easy to, to burn those hours up. And, and I think in our culture, our society, it's just really easy to, to you know, kind of worship our kids and 
feel obligated to get them involved in, you know, every sports camp and, you know, and everything. And it's just, you know, I think you, if your kid doesn't grow up, you know, to be, uh, you know, a superstar athlete and also a fourth degree black belt and, you, you know, can play three instruments and win the Nobel Prize, you're not a failure as a parent. Um, so I, I think, you know, that's not to be legalistic or anything. I, I mean, we have our kids involved in stuff, but I think that every, every parent, every family has to just evaluate their situation and, and be very careful about, uh, you know, what you, what you plug into so that you can make time for those things that, you know, that you believe are truly important. Yeah, that's good because none of those are bad things in and of themselves. It's when we prioritize them before God, and that's what our jobs as parents are: is to is to make those priorities help help make them for them, and say, "Hey, look, here is the most important thing." So that's great. Um, as as a father, uh, what what is one thing? And this may be a difficult question. I know it's sometimes difficult to brag on ourselves, um, but what's something that you and, and your wife have done that you and you're really proud of you say, "Hey, that was one. Of, that was a great dad moment, or, or that's a great thing that we do in our family, something like that." All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read a verse really quick. It's from Ephesians uh, chapter six, verse four. It says, "Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord." And I don't think I said it last service, but it was a reminder once I seen uh, the kids again. Because um, I had asked them some of the questions, but, you know, the moment that, as a parent, you you recognize or you see or the spirit shows you something about your child, that, like that, that, that could be a hook that takes them down. You know, that can, that can grow, a little seed that can grow to something much bigger. You have to address it. Not necessarily maybe in that specific moment, but think about it, let the Spirit guide you, give you the word, right? And one of the things I can tell you that they've, they've said you, and I'm proud of, is that you address and you, you, you break it down. You let us know why, and, and we didn't see the severity of how this little thing was not that big of a deal, but how it can actually grow and manifest and, and develop in their lives. And um, so from that, we're able to mitigate a lot of the issues you know, before they even start, and it shows like in their lives. You know, the kids are—I like to say, my people come to me. You got good kids. That's one of those dad feeling proud moments when people tell you. And it's not just one; when multiple people, or you know, in the world, the teachers are recognizing, the principals are recognizing. You know, just different things. That's something to be proud of as a parent, and it's because of God. It's not because of us. You know, there's a saying that says, you know, behind every great man is an amazing woman. Well, that holds true in my life because, um, again, you know, it's, it's it's the balance. You know, I, I I have to say that that you know I'm I'm extremely one way and my wife is extremely the other way, and in that, you know, we really balance ourselves out. You know, and, and one thing that I've really gleaned from her, and and one of the things that that has helped me get, uh, get better as a father. Is being more consistent. You know, I, I, I lacked in that area of, of, of my life as far as the disciplines uh, with the kids, and, and and my wife is very very consistent. And um, you know, and so in that, 
you know, I've gotten so much better in, in being able to truly, you know, uh, you know, admonish my kids and, and rebuke my children, you know, in, in, in every instance of life rather than just kind of glossing over some things maybe or, or allowing some things to slip. Because, again, you know, in doing that, just like, you know, my brother was saying here, you know, that, that you, you, you impede the, the wrongs that could happen later on down the life, you know, when you're consistent in your children's life with everything, you know, with, with prayer, Bible reading, with discipline, you know, and, and letting them know that, you know, hey, this is, this is a line that, you, that we don't cross, you know, for these purposes and for these reasons. And like you're saying, you know, breaking those things down so that they can understand them, you know, and, and again, that's, that was a place where I lacked in my life. But it got so much the better, you know, because again, because of my lovely, beautiful wife, you know, she's really got on me about that. <laughs> she keeps me in line in that way. So, well, it's cool too that you're saying that some of the things that you've had to work on, that you and your wife have worked on, have a direct reflection on your kids, right? That yeah, they that's see right. Yeah, that exactly. discipline. Yeah. Exactly. And yes. when you are disciplined, and they can, you don't gloss over because, hey, in my life, if I've got to be disciplined, guess what? Guess who else has to be? My kids do, and that's what they're seeing. That's what you're training them. Yeah, I, I, I can't take the bragging rights for what I'm about to say either. I mean, it's certainly my, my wife. and I, I, So I think one of the things that we've done uh, well is, uh, you know, our boys are Ethiopian. And, and this may surprise you, but, but I'm not. My wife's not either. Uh, so they're adopted. And, you know, every parent has a, you know, unique situation. Every, every you know, kid is different. But for us, you know, the, the adoption world, the adoption, you know, situation is unique and especially international adoption. Just all the transitions you have to make and things you have to think through. And, uh, you know, we went into it, um, you know, really seeking, you know, wise counsel and, and advice and doing our research and, and uh, getting involved with, you know, other adopted families. And I think it really helped us to just just be prepared for things that you know as as adopted parents you have to you have to go through. It really helped us to transition our, our kids uh, into our into our family. Um, it's you know helped us to you know transition transition them into our family, but also continue to honor their background and their culture and the heritage. Uh, that they came from and so I think it's it's helped us it's equipped us so that we can you know even help other families that may go through that same situation so but again that's my wife as well probably more so than me look at that we've got some good good dads huh thank you wives for being so great and all the women said amen there we go um so here's the last question and uh this one, I'll, I'll disclaim, apart from Christ obviously being first in our life, what would be um, a principle or idea that you think is vital for dads to pass down to their kids? A principle or idea, obviously besides having Christ as a, in your heart and first and priority. You know, um, for, for 11 years I worked with, with youth, and um, one of the most disturbing things that I, that I found uh, that existed, you know, among the youth culture today was the fact that a lot of them kind of live off of their parents, their their parents' faith and their parents' religion, and and, and you know, just because my mom or my dad does this and they go to church, well, I'm okay, you know, I don't need all these other things, you know, as long as I come to church, you know, and I do the the churchy things, you know, that 
everything is all right, you know, and, and, and one thing that, that again, it, I just found that very, very, you know, disturbing and, and, and scary in a sense because, you know, we serve a, a living God. You know, the word is very clear that we serve the living God. And, and I want my kids, the principle that I want my kids to know is that their father is a God who is very much alive, is very much present, very much evident in every way, shape, and form in their lives. Because that is what's going to change the relationship, if you will. You know, if, if, if their perspective of, of God can shift from some being that I just read about in a book or that's, some, that's far off in some heaven to understanding that he is present right here every day, every moment of life, you know, that, that changes the whole perspective because it, it did for me. You know, I think about it. If I'm doing something wrong, you know, and I know that God is standing right beside me going, Hmm, Jason, you know, you think you should be doing that? You know, I mean, it, it, it changes my whole understanding of who my father is, you know. And so, you know, my kids, you know, the, the principle that I want my kids to always know is that the presence of their father is with them everywhere they go all the time. And, uh, and, and, that, and that he is, he is there, he is living, he is breathing, he is, he is the very essence of who they are. And if they can have that principle and that understanding, you know, again, it just, it changes the game for them. And, and knowing that, that, I know that in that, that they're going to walk in his ways and, and, and please him, live to please him every single day of life. So. Uh, I, I would say it's important to help your kids not fall into the comparison trap, you know, where they, they go through life and they're always comparing um, you know their their value, their their worthiness to uh, you know to other kids or uh, or to other other things. Uh, I think it's always easy, regardless of your upbringing, to always look at someone else's and say, "Man, I wish I had that." Um, and so, you know, we just really try to communicate to our kids that hey, you need to your your situation and and, and, and you know everything that you gone through is, is part of who you are and, and you can you can value that you don't have to compare yourself to to other kids and, and to other situations and feel that you're uh, that you're less because you didn't go through that and I think it's important to teach them that as they're young because we know as as adults that's something that we struggle with it's not just kids you know we can compare ourselves to to other adults and what other people have or what other people don't have um, so just trying to instill that in our kids at a, at a young age. All right, so the principle or the idea that I feel that, that as a father um, we should be passing down to our kids is, is our faith. Like our life experience and the things that we've been through that maybe we didn't realize, like I said, growing up, I didn't, I didn't have that foundation, but I didn't realize why I went through these things or how I got through these, the pain and suffering because we all go through stuff. doesn't matter who you are, just different types of stuff. And now I can see God has allowed me to see the pieces of the puzzles, how he worked in my life and how he, how he kept me safe and how he loved me and how he put people in my path that shared right their faith, their love, their experience with me, you know, and... and they're going to emulate somebody, you know, they, they really are. And they're really looking for, if you look at your kids, they really want your approval. 
they, they're looking for a father or a mother or a grandma, somebody's approval, somebody to kind of guide them. But it's through sharing our, our faith, our life experiences, what God has shown. So they don't have to go through the same stuff. Or they can, they, they don't, you know, you mitigate the issues that they're going to be going through. Man, that's so good. There's so many great things I know that you guys have, have said this morning, and uh, we appreciate you just being here, being able to speak, because really this is what being a Christian is all about, doing life with one another. This is what we believe is, is one of the huge parts of our growth is growing with one another and hearing our brothers and our sisters uh, going through different trials. I know there's parents in the room. There's people that are, maybe aren't parents that, that you're hearing this going, oh, wow. You know, and it's so cool that we're able to do that together. So, uh, again, if you guys would just give our, our panel of guests a round of applause. Thank you guys for being here. Happy Father's Day. Well, happy Father's Day. And if you're our guest here this morning and I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Aaron, and I'm the lead pastor here at NCC. And I'm not going to preach um, another message because you've already heard some great things from our dads. But... I just do want to read one scripture and leave you with two thoughts this morning. Um, in the scriptures in Romans chapter 8, and it's at verse 15, we talked about this last week with God's spirit living inside of us and God's spirit dwelling in us. And this is what Paul the apostle wrote to the church in Rome. This is what he says, Romans chapter 8, verse 15. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. You have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. But you have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And what Paul's reminding the church of is when you came to Christ, when you came to faith in God, it was not once again, as you heard this morning, this God that's up in heaven that's looking to judge you, that's looking at all of your mistakes, that's trying to keep you afraid and wants you to be fearful of him. That's not the God that we came to, but it's a God who loves us, who's a good heavenly father. And that word that you see there, Abba, I mean, we don't use that, but in that language that they were using, it simply meant daddy. It was what a little kid would say to his father, his dad, when he ran up and said, daddy, pick me up, or daddy, pay attention. And, you know, when they, they pull on, you know, your, your shirt or your pants saying, daddy, daddy, that was that word there. And Paul says, God's spirit lives in you and he lives in me. And he's testifying through us that we're sons and we're daughters of God. That's who we are, that he is our heavenly father. And this morning, I just want to challenge you that if you're um, a man in this room, if you're a father, you're going to be a father one day, that you would reflect on that. One of the greatest things that you heard this morning that we can do is to be a reflection of our heavenly father to do our best to emulate his kindness, his compassion, his love, his righteousness, his truth to those that he has entrusted to us. That's our goal as spiritual leaders and guardians in our house. God wants us to do that, that our kids would know who God is because they see a tiny reflection of him inside of our lives. And then for all of us to remember this morning who God is and that he is that loving heavenly father and I realize in a room of this size that for some of you, Father's Day may not be easy. There may be those of you that say, you know what, my dad wasn't there. He wasn't the role model that I needed to be. And sometimes it's easy to think, well, maybe that's how God is. Maybe at some point God will disappoint me or he won't be there when I need him or that he's going to say things that are hurtful to me. 
when he really discovers who I am. And sometimes we take those images of our earthly fathers and their brokenness and we put that on God and that's not who he is. He's a God who wants a relationship with us. He's a God who pursued you and he pursued me when we weren't loving him, when we weren't looking out for him, he was running and chasing after us. He's a God of compassion and a love who takes our brokenness and our sin and he's covered them with his blood and with his sacrifice so that you and I could be in a relationship with him. And no matter where you're at, I wanna encourage you church that today, um, whether Father's Day is a little bit painful for you or whether you had a great dad, that you would also take a moment today and pause and thank your heavenly father for who he is and what he's done in your life. So I wanna pray for us this morning. If you would just join me this morning, let's pray together. God, I thank you for the men that you've placed in this church, Lord. In our prayer and our desire, God, for those of us that are spiritual leaders, even single parents in this room, God, that are called to be spiritual leaders in their home, that you would help us to be a reflection of who you are. God, we're broken and we know we're not perfect, Lord, but we want to do our best to be an example of you to the kids and the children that you've placed in our lives. Help us to do that. And God, for all of us, Lord, remind us today that you are a good father. Your word says that every good and perfect gift is coming from you, Lord. And so today, let's stop, Lord, and help us to reflect on your goodness and your kindness and your compassion. God, your love for us. And Lord, that you are truly a good heavenly father. And for that, we say thank you, Lord. Thanks. Amen.